We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast Edition. Uh, I am your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. You can find me on Twitter and all socials, essentially, at Taylor underscore P15. And I am just honored to be able to break this game down. A historic game, not only for the Thunder this season, but maybe one of the most memorable memorable games I can imagine as a Thunder fan, um, which seems dramatic. I understand that. But I think when we get into some of these stats, uh, I shout out Kerry already in the chat. Wow, wow, wow. 150. And he is referring to the 150 points that the Thunder scored tonight, which is a franchise record. No Shay. We're going to get into all of that. Uh, but for all those reasons, very honored to be able to break this this post-game podcast down for you all tonight. Uh, before we get any further, we are a proud part Blue Wire Podcast Network. You guys can find us and gals can find us on dailythunder.com. And if you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You guys can find us um, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. We'll be there. And if you all love what you are listening to, please be sure to go and leave us a five-star rating. We would greatly appreciate it. This past year, 2022, I know Jacob mentioned it a couple of days ago, but it was historical for us. And it's all because of you all who listen to us and the ratings that you leave and the the followings on social medias and, and all of those things. So we really appreciate you all and encourage you to continue to follow us into 2023, which will be a very fun and exciting season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't want to say kicked off with this game because we had the uh, the game against the Sixers on New Year's Eve. That wasn't the best for the Thunder, but tonight was a completely different story, just as I mentioned. Already see you all popping off in the chat. Really, really appreciate that. Please continue to, and I'll be uh, be sure to get through those comments. Also, be sure to get, uh, get through some of those questions. Send all of them in. appreciate all of you already in here. For a historical night, this is really exciting. 
really exciting stuff. I mean, just kind of some genuine emotion for me <laughs> here on the post game tonight. Um, I mean, we're, we're going to get into some of our overall themes, but I think my first big takeaway is like, I'm just kind of shocked. I mean, uh, <laughs> seeing a lot of, yeah. Okay. So we'll go ahead and get into this. Uh, you guys are already mentioning, mentioning this in the chat before we get into some of those comments, some of those notes that I already have. Um, my five big, t I say five, I, I, you know, there's more I think that we could have there. But the five that I really took away from this game. One, historic night for OKC. That kind of encapsulates a lot of the big things that happened tonight. So it's kind of a cheat code for me on this post game. But historic night for the Oklahoma City Thunder as we will dive into. The second one, Giddy continues to shine. He's been playing fantastic. And again, kind of um, led to tonight in his great performance. J-Dub shows he's ready for more. We've been saying a lot, or talking a lot about this, and not just here at the Uncontested, but I know just in general, uh, Thunder Twitter, very excited about J-Dub. Went the ball in his hands more, which is a very hard thing to ask when you have so many players that need the ball in their hands. Uh, but with Shea out, J-Dub showed that he can absolutely handle an, in an in in increased workload. Uh, Isaiah Joe and Trey Mann, we talked a lot, a lot about Isaiah Joe um, here, you know, throughout the beginning of the season and taking some of those Trey Man minutes. Trey Man goes to the G, G League showcase, performs really well. Trey Man comes back, a lot of confidence. So Isaiah Joe and Trey Man, my takeaway from tonight. Why not both? And my final one, so much good stuff that I have to combine this one last point uh, with with three players here. We'll just kind of briefly go over their stat lines, but I thought these players were very much worthy of a mention. Lou Dort, Wiggins, and Kenrich. So like I said, so much to break down here. Uh, already seen, like I said, a lot, a lot of y'all putting some comments here in the chat. We'll be sure to get to those, continue to put comments and, and questions in the chat. I'll be sure to get to them. But as we go through the game here, um, I have some like it's kind of funny. I have some good breakdowns for the first part of the game, maybe the first half, some into the third quarter. But like halfway through the third quarter, the Thunder just went on such a roll that it just was continuous. Like I don't really have specifics <laughs> to break down there, but a lot to break down uh, with some pregame notes as well as the first, second quarter. Like I said, into the third. The big pregame notes here though is no shade. And that was kind of a surprise. Uh, we, we didn't hear about that until about maybe 45 minutes to an hour uh, before the game. I believe it was Mark Daynault's post-game av availability that he mentioned this. Shea was out tonight with a non-COVID illness. And obviously a lot of that's going around <laughs> just in general. If you've been, if you have children, if you have, you know, in your, your workplace. Um, but obviously within the NBA, we've seen a lot of NBA teams having non-COVID illnesses kind of spread through the team. The Thunder have obviously had that as well. I believe Baisley, I'm trying, trying to remember who else. Uh, there was a couple players who who suffered from this. And now Shea is a Lay's victim and did not play tonight because he was not feeling well after shoot-around. Uh, and that's obviously on top of no Poku, no JRE, and no uh, Omarui due to back spasms. He was supposed to play in the G League game tonight earlier today excuse me and he did not due to some back spasms so i only mentioned omari because 
the Thunder were down a lot of bigs. And that kind of leads to the next point. The Thunder start Josh Giddy, J-Dub, uh, Jalen Williams, obviously, Lou Dort, Kenrich, and Aaron Wiggins. They started the small ball lineup. And no bays in the starting lineup, which I think says a lot. We'll briefly get into that. I don't have that like as an overall point necessarily, but I tweet a lot about it. I know our guy Jacob tweeted a lot about it. It's certainly worth mentioning. Baisley did not get to start there when the Thunder did not have any size due to the injuries I mentioned earlier. And when he did get in, he did not play well. Um, I'm going to be honest, just looking at him physically, I don't want to speculate by any means, but you know, we, we heard from Dignall here a couple or about a week or so ago when, when Baisley had gone through that illness um, that he had lost a lot of pounds. Oh, Giddy, that was the other player. Giddy and Baisley uh, both had lost a lot of weight. You can definitely see it in Baisley's face, even his his physical stature. And on top of that, the mental, you know, a, a mental confidence does not seem to be there. That's certainly a concern. Um, I'll, I'll kind of get into that with some of the, the game breakdown. But Baisley did not look confident at all. I hate that for him, but it very much seems obvious now that the, the Thunder coaching staff is not very confident in him, nor the front office. And then Joe Masato here at stat pregame. Not only is OKC 6-0 when Aaron Wiggins starts, but it's also 3-0 on Tuesdays. Aaron Wiggins starting on a Tuesday seems like a perfect combination, but without Shea and against the Celtics, you know, essentially what happens. Well, I'll tell you all what happened. Uh, the Thunder went 7-0, have now gone 7-0 when Aaron Wiggins starts, and 4-0 on Tuesdays, and they absolutely dominated the Celtics. So, Let's go ahead and dive into the fun stuff. First quarter, Kenrich Williams had the first points for OKC. That is the starting center, Kenrich Williams, mind you, alongside his three rebounds and three minutes. Pretty fun stuff. Again, Kenny Hustle, the nickname, says it all. And, and that was kind of the story of the game, if you want to be completely honest. Those first three minutes really kind of encapsulated the, the entire game. Uh, the Thunder just out-hustled, <laughs> the, for lack of a better term the Boston Celtics. Uh, J-Dub and Jalen Brown were guarding each other. I just made this note only because I think it's a really it, it's really fun because I think that's a fun and, yes, optimistic. I don't want to be like a complete homer here, uh, but best, best case scenario potentially, and like we saw tonight, honestly, J-Dub and I think Jalen Brown is kind of a good player comp for J-Dub, and that was just kind of fun to see them both playing against each other. I know we've talked about that previously on the Uncontested. Uh, Trey Mann was the first Thunder sub, came in for J-Dub. Giddy looked incredible to start. Obviously, that would continue. Super aggressive, but controlled. That was the biggest thing. He wasn't just like throwing up shots, uh, missing some, making some. It was just within the offense, but just looked dominant. And again, that was another thing that would continue throughout the entire night. I thought he bullied smaller guards. I know our guy Jacob tweeted a lot about this. He was at the game again tonight, I believe. Uh, the main one being Derek White, who was tasked with that matchup early on. He had six points, two rebounds, two assists, and is still early. Uh, Muscala and Baisley came in next, which was an interesting switch, I thought, after going small to start with, you know, obviously uh, a man, Giddy, Wiggins were with the, the three, if you want to call them guards, guards forwards who stayed in with that lineup. Man immediately gets a steal and a slam. We saw that confidence from the very beginning of the, of the game, which was super exciting. Uh, Jada tried his best Scoot Henderson impression and almost almost pulled it off. And what I mean by that, be sure to go. I mean, I'm sure you have seen it. Uh, the NBA account tweeted out NBA G league tweeted it out. I quote tweeted it from the account, but Scoot Henderson had just 
this absolute monster uh, poster in the G League tonight. And then, like, shortly after, J-Dub did something eerily similar and was very, very close to pulling it off. <laughs> and the confidence, I think, is a big theme here for tonight because that just, like I said, I, a lot of these players had this confidence tonight, this killer instinct, and, and it just you saw throughout the entirety of the game. From there, Trey hit a deep, deep three, talking about confidence. And a great baseline cut by Baisley. Finally, he did something. I mean, I don't mean to just poo-poo on Baisley, but he had a really nice baseline cut uh, for, and, and a really nice find by J-Dub, and that put the Thunder up 34-33 to 33 to end the quarter. Second quarter, Isaiah Joe, seven points and seven minutes off the bench. That would obviously continue. J-Dub was everywhere to start. He was kind of tasked with, with manning the offense, which is really exciting to see. From my earlier point, put the ball in J-Dub's hands more. Um, and this was kind of highlighted by a steal and a slam where he stole the pass on the opposite wing. Looked at Lou and transitioned. Lou does one of these, like, you know, almost like after you, sir, kind of <laughs> kind of movements. And uh, Dub smiles. And then goes and proceeds to dunk the basketball, which is pretty fun. Uh, like I said, J-Dub looked incredibly it looked incredible running the offense just with the ball in his hands with without any of these other, you know, point on point or, uh, you know, quote unquote point guards running the offense. Uh, and this is kind of highlighted by a dime. I thought that he had to Isaiah Joe cutting baseline where Dub basically made just an absolute, I, I call it a Josh Giddy move. But one of those passes you see from Giddy, Dub had this ridiculous one handed bounce pass between two defenders to an Isaiah Joe cutting baseline. That there are very few players to be able to make that pass. It, again, reminded me of Josh Giddy. Um, I thought Trey Mann and Joe played well together in the lineup uh, that they played in the second quarter. That kind of goes back to my previous point. Uh, one of my overall points I mentioned, Thunder led 62 to 47 with 312 in the second quarter, just to show you how dominant this game was. And this is from uh, Nick Gallo, although I see another eight first half turnovers for Boston compared to just 10 assists. The Celtics came into the game with the second best assist to turnover ratio. And obviously the Thunder completely disrupted that. Isaiah Joe just had an explosion there to end the half. He had a still, uh, which led to a pull up three in transition, then an off the dribble three, the very next offensive possession. 17 points all in the second quarter for Isaiah Joe. Easily could have been my uh, my player of the game, honestly, but I went ahead and went with, with Josh Giddey's we'll get into. The Thunder without Shea led the Celtics 74 to uh, 54 at the half. And some stats that just stuck out to me, the Thunder shot, uh, the Thunder shot, the Thunder sh- shot 57% from the floor compared to the Celtics 44% on 10 more field goal attempts. I've talked a lot about that in the past. Uh, sometimes we've seen the Thunder shoot more, for example, from three than opposing teams, but on much, much less offense, uh, efficiency. We've seen where the Thunder don't score or don't, put up as many attempts as their uh, their opposing team. And, you know, it doesn't turn out well either. Tonight was a little bit of the best of both worlds. And the Thunder out-rebound the Celtics 27-25, which is important because obviously they played very, very small. Not only to start the game, but for the majority of the game. And Thunder only had three turnovers to the Celtics 9, which led to 15 points off turnovers for the Thunder. Like we saw tonight, they played very fast. They played in transition. And like I just... I feel like I'm, you know, what is it? Beating a dead horse. Uh, there's all kinds of <laughs> analogies for this, but I've talked a lot about this over the past two years. This Thunder team 
this iteration of the Thunder team that Princey putting together is at their best when they're pushing uh, pushing the ball in transition and playing at a fast pace. 15 OKC, OKC fast break points to that point. And also, this was fascinating. 38 points in the paint to the Celtics 20. And again, I, I mentioned earlier who they started. We don't really have a true center right now. Even with, with this team fully healthy this season, outside of Chet, who obviously was out for the season and will continue to be out for the season, Thunder to be able to out-rebound the Celtics 38, or sorry, to outscore the Celtics 38 points in the paint to the Celtics 20 is just kind of, of absurd and was really a story of the game. Um, and a oh, oh, special shout-out to our guy Johnny. Johnny Buckets, as he is uh, now notoriously known as on Thunder Twitter, for winning a $20,000 check for hitting a half-court shot. And it was beautiful, too. Just beautiful raindrop. Nothing but net. Perfect at halftime. Just a, a perfect night in Paycom. Not only for the Thunder, but our guy Johnny Buckets as well. Shout out, Johnny. <laughs> Third quarter. Again, I'll try and go through these a little more quickly so we can get to our big points and, and spend the majority of this on, on those big points. But the third quarter started just as the first half ended. J-Dub had an and one to kick things off. <laughs> J-Dub continued to dominate. Giddy had a three. Dort had a three. Wigan spin and fade away. 16 points in three minutes for the Thunder to start the third quarter. Jalen Brown airballed a free throw, which is just, you know, almost unheard of. But the best part of that was Chris Fisher on the broadcast, for those of you listening in uh, alongside myself. Chris Fisher said to Michael Cage, that looked like you at Church League. First Church League reference of the season, and it was uh, not from Michael Cage, but Chris Fisher, and it was pretty hilarious. So shout out Chris there. Giddy went absurd, had 17 points in the in, in the third quarter. He was three of five from three. J Dub also went crazy. 48 third quarter points for OKC was the most, and not only of the season, but a franchise record. So just absolutely absurd. Uh fourth quarter starts with an Isaiah Joe poster with the left hand. Was just absolutely dirty. Uh he gets a rebound on the free throw. He he misses the end one. He gets the rebound and scores on the miss. That kind of night for the Thunder. Madness continues. So much happened. I can't even, like I said, summarize it here. So just kind of some uh, summaries from the Thunder themselves. Thunder PR. Tonight marks the second time in franchise history in which five players scored 20 plus points. 150 points is the most in OKC history. And something else I noted here in the fourth quarter is like Giddy hardly played in the fourth. And we've seen that, you know, here about a month ago, two months ago because there's other players that did not went on the floor in critical moments and essentially clutch time for this Thunder team. Tonight was the complete opposite. He was playing so well, and the team was playing so well. They don't resting him because he wants him to play a lot of minutes tomorrow night uh, against the Orlando Magic in the second night of back-to-back, especially if Shea's going to be out. So he played so well tonight that he did not see the floor much in the fourth quarter, which just leads to, again, we get into some of our bigger overall points. Josh Giddey's incredible night. So let's just go ahead and get into some of those overall points. An historic night for OKC. I don't really have like anything outside of just some some stats that I found and, and collected um, from Twitter and from Thunder PR and things of that nature. But just to put into context uh, some things I was saying earlier and just the excitement of this game, what we're able to see, especially without the Thunder playing with their best player, a superstar, Shea Gilders Alexander, not to mention the injuries like I mentioned at the top of the podcast. Still a historic night 
for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, franchise record of 150 points in a game. Imagine that. Think back on all the players that the Thunder have had, all the different iterations uh, of this Thunder team since 2008 when they first came to OKC, all the different players who have played here. The uh, They were in the finals, obviously. <laughs> uh, they, they were in the Western Conference finals multiple times. Uh, we talk about all the multiple superstars that have come through OKC between Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Chris Paul. I mean, the list goes on. James Harden, uh, now Shea Gilles Alexander, as we assume. Uh, knock on wood, let's hope he stays healthy. Until then, it'll be a lock. All the multi- multitude of, of incredibly special players that we've been blessed as Thunder fans and people who follow and cover the team to be able to to watch. And the fact that the Thunder tonight scored a franchise record of 150 points is kind of absurd kind of puts things into perspective um and it still blows your mind <laughs> we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> this is also the second time in franchise history, only the second time in which five-plus players score 20-plus points. Let's go ahead and, and go through those quickly here. Um, looking at the Thunder's box score, Lou Dort was one of those players. Uh, Wiggins was super close. That's the other crazy thing. He was only three points away. Uh, J-Dub, 21 points. Kenrich had 10, so maybe not as close as I thought. But So we have Giddy, J-Dub, uh, Lou Dort, uh, Isaiah Joe, Trey Mann. And like I said, Wiggins was only three points away from actually surpassing the Thunder record for most players in Thunder history to have 20-plus points. Uh, a 37-point lead during the game was the largest of the season. Obviously, that wasn't like that wasn't the, the total of the game by any means, but still, the fact that they were up 37 points against argu- arguably the best team in the NBA with only like one of their key players missing is pretty phenomenal. Fr- franchise record 48 points in the third quarter, as I mentioned earlier, and that tied a season high of three field goals made with eight, three field goals made. Some really impressive stuff there. 
and seven players with 10 plus points this season four players with 20 plus I kind of went into that when I went through the box score so again just a historical night for Oklahoma City Thunder uh just kind of some wild stats there to really kind of put things into perspective but getting to some um specific themes from tonight my player of the game Josh Giddy. he continues to shine season high 25 points in only 24 minutes he had more points scored than he did minutes played Again, another wild stat to try and put things into perspective. And it wasn't because he wasn't playing well or like, you know, whatever the that, that did not want to put another lineup in to end the game. The Thunder were just stomping the brakes off the Celtics. <laughs> and so they don't rested Giddy because especially if Shea can't play tomorrow night, he's going to need Giddy to play a lot of minutes tomorrow against the Boston Celtics on the second night of back-to-back. Or sorry, the uh, Orlando Magic on the second night of back-to-back. So just wild that Giddy had the night that he did and only played essentially like three, a little over three quarters uh, prior to tonight. He was averaging 14.9 points per game and 9.3 rebounds uh, had 20. And sorry, I think that was like from the beginning of November, if I can, or from Thanksgiving, if I remember correctly, uh, just his t- stat told tonight, 25 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, 10 of 15 from the four, three of Phil from three, 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 three of five from three. I can't talk. Um, that was maybe the most impressive thing. There was just some huge three-point shots. Like when I saw that, he was only three of five from three. I say only, but like I, I just felt like he hit more big three-point shots than that. And uh, that was just the game that Giddy had. It, it, it felt like Shea. It felt Shea-esque, uh, stepping up in that absence. I just thought he looked incredibly confident, and that was apparent from the very beginning. Um, he's now scored... Whoop, where'd it go? He's now scored 20-plus points in four of his last five, which is really impressive. And... Per our good friend, uh, Dan Favell, uh, Bleacher Report, Hardwood Knox. We've had him on here not too long ago, like two or three months ago. Uh, Giddy is shooting 46.2%, 19 of 42 from three since the start of December. But again, I've talked a lot about that confidence. Uh, Jacob's talked a lot about the confidence. We talked about this past Sunday on the Sunday podcast. He's just using that physicality, way more aggressive. And tonight, what we saw was that starting to come to fruition seeing those shots go down from outside, from inside, from mid-range. He was doing a little bit of all of it. And the fact that, like I said, he only played essentially, you know, he didn't even play the whole game. I just uh, really, really hope that translates tomorrow night, assuming that Shea's still out with sickness. I think we see a really special game tomorrow from Giddy. But I also think some special games are continuing to come from Giddy. Uh, as he's shown since really Thanksgiving, he's, he's really... Um, taking a leap, which is fascinating because you look at the total number of games that he's played. It was really around that time, around that Thanksgiving time frame, that he actually recorded 82 games, which is a full season of NBA games because he was injured, you know, his his rookie year to, to end the season. So the fact that he's kind of gotten that experience and now we're seeing him take this leap, like you see some players have a quote-unquote sophomore slump. I just find it fascinating that Josh Giddy is – you know, he had a little bit of a slump there, but when you look at his total games played, it was kind of towards what would have been the end of his, you know, full 82 game season. Now we see him here almost taking another leap, even with Shea playing and now without Shea playing, obviously taking on a, a bigger role. And it, it, I don't know, it just, it's something to monitor. It's really exciting. And I think it shows you that getting Shea can play together um, and, and, you know, this guy may be the limit for Josh Giddy. That seems a little bit of ex- exaggeration, but I'm, I'm just really excited to kind of follow Giddy here over the, over the next couple of months and into the end of the season. 
especially if Shay's going to be out for another game or two or however many games it may be. Next one here, uh, J-Dub. J-Dub I thought was equally as impressive as Josh Giddy, even if Giddy kind of stole, I don't want to say stole the show, um, but man, J-Dub just looked <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> including tonight. He now has seven straight games with 10 or more points, has some absurd dunks and dunk attempts. I know our guy, uh, Jusami, Jusunami, Jusunami, <laughs> Uh, J-Dub dunked like 200 times this game. He also had like 200 attempts. That aggression from J-Dub was, I mean, it got me very excited. I think that was the most important thing for me was the aggression, the confidence that he played with. It translated on the floor in terms of efficiency, but also just like you mentioned, their uh, tsunami was just the, the, the amount of uh, dunks that we saw tonight. They attempted dunks. He he wasn't afraid of anything. And with the ball in his hands more, uh, I'm not saying trade Shay and give J-Dub more minutes or anything crazy like that. But with the ball in J-Dub's hands more, we saw what he was capable of doing and the confidence that's just continuing to grow and accumulate each and every game. Going through, I, I mentioned the seven straight games with 10 or more points. Uh, some of... Nick's giving me trouble in the Slack now because I mispronounce one of our listeners' names. I am uh, very good for mispronouncing names. Now I lost my spot. Uh, let's see. J-Dub. Oh, to control of the game against players like Jalen Brown and Tatum guarding him, which is just even more absurd that he had players like that guarding him, and yet he was still able, still able to just absolutely slice through the defense. I mentioned that play there. I believe it was in the fourth quarter where he literally – got the ball inbounded to him and then just went coast to coast for an absolute monster slam. <laughs> like there was just nobody stopping him. He ends the night tonight on uh, 21 points, three rebounds, six assists, 10 of 18 from the floor. Ironic or not ironically, but weirdly enough, he was 04 from three, which kind of surprises me. When you think about the game that he had, he wasn't even efficient from, uh, from outside and still just dominated the game. Uh, 33 minutes, which led the starters because he he played with that that second unit. Again, there weren't a ton of players who played tonight just due to avail- availability. And four steals, which was huge because we saw a lot of those lead to transition opportunities, whether it was him you know, taking the ball to the rim, or whether it was him creating for others. Uh, and not just off steals and in trans- transition, but also just it grabbing the ball off the the rim and being uh, you know getting rebounds and being able to create and transition as well, uh, even just bringing the ball up in the half court offense. I want to see J Dub get the ball in his hands more, and I understand how big of a challenge that may be, especially when you get like guys like Usman Jane back and uh, Poku back, who you want just grabbing the rebounds and pushing the ball in transition, and obviously Shea. I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of considering uh, Shea playing you know here in the next game or two due to this illness, but. Somehow or another, this coaching staff has to find a way to get J-Dub the, the, as a, a lead initiator and get the ball in his hands more. And I'm really curious how they they decide to do that. Moving on from J-Dub, moving on from Giddy, those are kind of my two biggest take, big, maybe biggest highlights. But Isaiah Joe and Trey Mann, like I mentioned earlier, why not both? They both had huge nights for the Thunder tonight. Uh, like I mentioned, Isaiah Joe had the majority of his points there in the second quarter. End of the night on 21 points, four rebounds, four assists, eight of 13 from the floor. 13 shot attempts is kind of crazy, but not necessarily a bad thing, especially with Shea out. Uh, three of seven from the three point line on 27 minutes. Meanwhile, 
Trey Mann had 21 points as well, six rebounds, three assists, eight of 11 from the floor, only two less shot attempts uh, than Isaiah Joe. Actually shot one more three-point attempt than Isaiah Joe. Was more efficient, five of eight from the floor, or sorry, five of eight from three for Trey Mann. Uh, had three steals and two blocks. So again, why not both? I, I understand when Shea comes back into the mix, and even Poku for that matter. I mean, when the Thunder are playing transitionless basketball, it does. it's not like you can just, well, these are two guards. So you can just throw those two guards out there with the lineup. I, I mean, I understand kind of the difficulties with that. But I think what Joe and Mann are, are showing, especially Trey Mann coming back after that G League showcase, he deserves minutes and needs developmental minutes. Um, Isaiah Joe is obviously a contributor and needs to continue to get those minutes. So Dignall and the coaching staff has a really big challenge on their hands to be able to implement those guys in the right lineups, whether it's separately, together. Uh, I'm just very curious to kind of see how that plays out because obviously Trey Mann coming back, I mean, he's shown that same talent. Isaiah Joe is providing a huge spark. I mean, this this is really exciting stuff. These are great problems to have. I'm just so curious to see how this progresses throughout this season because I think they'll kind of tell us what to look for, especially with these two moving into the 2023-2024 season as well. Uh, and then the last one, just super quickly. I know I'm at 30 minutes here. So much good stuff. I have to combine into one last point. Lou Dort, Wiggins, and Kenrich. Starting center, Kendrick Williams, I may add. Uh, Lou Dort had 23 points, five rebounds, three assists, eight of 15 from the four, three of six from three. I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest. I've talked about all these other high points, but if Lou Dort is able to be that efficient, uh, unless her attempts, mind you, but if he's able to be that efficient when Shea Giltz Alexander is on the floor and still be able to play solid defense like we know Lou Dort's capable of, that automatically elevates this team to a higher level if Ludor's able to be a little more consistent offensively like it was tonight. Uh, Aaron Wiggins, like I mentioned, only three points short of being included in that 20-point category of some of these other players. Um, a, a historical night. And, and Wiggins, weirdly enough, was kind of the one who kind of led the charge there, especially in the first quarter, but even the first half. And it was 17 points. Six rebounds, three assists, seven of eight from the floor, two of two from the floor, or sorry, two of two from the uh, three-point line. Like, just absurd contribution from Aaron Wiggins. And I just, again, another player you really want to see on the floor more, but how do you do that when you're trying to prioritize development and all these different things? It's just, it's fascinating <laughs> trying to juggle all these thoughts. And uh, it just really kind of puts you in Dagnall's shoes, I think, trying to, because obviously he's trying to do the same thing. But Aaron Wiggins deserves a huge shout-out tonight, and obviously we know what he's capable of. Just hands down an NBA player, and another still late, late in the draft, or in Lou Dort's case, outside of the draft for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the final one I have here, obviously, is Kenneth Williams. 10 points, which is weird because he really led the charge there for the Thunder. He kind of kept them alive, and they were stagnant early on, running a full five-out offense. Uh, 10 points, five rebounds, three assists, eight, three assists, Three of six from the floor, very low shot attempts. That's, that's just the stuff that, and, and two of three from three. Um, not to mention, I guess he had three fouls. Thought he had less than that, but I thought he had more steals. One steal, regardless. Kenrich does all the dirty stuff. Uh, he does all the glue guy stuff. Like, I mean, it's just incredible the things that Kenrich is able to continue to do. You need him to start center, like he was announced tonight in the starting lineup. He'll do it. 
you need him to come off the bench in a playoff series and play 10 minutes and guard the best player for the other team while you rest Lou Dort, he'll do it. You need him to, you know, whatever you need him to do, he will do it. And that is a player uh, not only who has expressed his interest in staying with OKC long-term, I think he will be in OKC long-term because this is just an invaluable player and a veteran that you want on a team, especially a young team, young building team. I don't want to call it a rebuilding team because I think we're building a young building team like this. And so uh, just a huge shout out to Kendrick Williams as well. And then finally, like I mentioned, player of the game, Josh Giddy. I, I talked a lot about him earlier, but I just thought Giddy played fantastic in the limited time that he had. And the limited time was only because he played so well and the team played so well that he was taken out. So that way he can hopefully play a lot more tomorrow night. So hopefully we see uh, a lot more contribution from Giddy and, and more minutes from Giddy tomorrow night in an anticipation that, that Shea probably has something similar to what well, I don't want to say similar to what Baisley and Giddy had here a couple of weeks ago because they lost a lot of weight. Hopefully, and hopefully is, again, maybe not the right term there, but if Shea has something, hopefully it's the quick bug he's able to get over. But assuming he is sick, I would be very surprised to see him play tomorrow night in Orlando is what I'm getting at. And uh, I think that's why we saw Giddy kind of get taken out early, even though he had such a great game because we are really going to need him tonight. So... Like I said, a ton to break down in this game. Uh, hopefully I did a decent job, but you all provide some really good comments and questions in the chat. But continue to send them in. I'm going to start from the beginning. Uh, we'll go ahead and get, get through these, and then we'll go ahead and get out of here. So like I said, first night of back-to-back, we'll have you all covered here at the Contessa as well tomorrow night. Kerry uh, Cicero, our guy, he said, wow, 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 150. I mentioned that at the top of the podcast. My guy Meek Leak, he said, let's go Taylor. My guy Meek sent a uh, Happy New Year picture in one of our t-shirts. Beautiful beautiful family there, Meek Leek. Uh, loved seeing it. Really appreciate all of your support. We had Anne Space Drew. Giddy, 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 which is uh, so true. We had Eamon. Wiggins is undefeated as a starter. 7-0, exactly. Shout out Hemi Dean, with uh, just some, some Thunderbolt emojis. Uh, we had Unk615 saying Wiggins, hell yes. Zero turnovers for Giddy. That's a fantastic point, Matt. Uh, I did not mention that either, which I think is a <laughs> really good point to mention. Yeah, zero turnovers for Giddy alongside five assists, obviously, with those 25 points. That's just puts all that on a whole other level, not to mention he barely played the fourth quarter, like I mentioned so many different times tonight on this podcast. Uh, on top of the 150, the dude hits the half-court shot. Even the Thunder fans were on fire tonight. That's from Kerry. I mentioned uh, Jimmy Buckets. So Jimmy or whoever it was, Jeremy, <laughs> sorry, I had it, uh, had it earlier in my notes. I bet that Philly wish they had Joe think he was a steal. That's Douglas uh, Huston. Very good point. And this is something we talked a little bit about when the Thunder picked up Isaiah Joe. I don't have this. I mean, I'll have to go back in my notes. This is probably bad and bad podcasting. I don't have this off the top of my head, but the Thunder brought over a pretty high level front office. Uh, I guess you, you could call him an executive um, and to their front office. He was one of the ones that really wanted to draft Isaiah Joe uh, as well as Tyrese Maxey. And so when he comes over here, Isaiah Joe gets cut. The reports were that he was obviously a, a big proponent of bringing Isaiah Joe to the Thunder organization. And Dignall's mentioned that as well. Uh, when he was asked about it, you know, there was a uh, Thunder scouts were very high on him as well. So I think it's no, no surprise that he was not only brought in 
to his Thunder organization this season, but also is excelling and, and putting in uh, being put in the right opportunities to succeed. No shade, no problem from Amen. Joe Still. Let's see. Heh, this is fun. Gable giving us a little bit of a shout here. We were uh, oh, we were unconscious from three tonight. Was why, yes, that was absurd. A lot of comments. I'm gonna try and find some. Okay, Amen. Who do you think is the best dunker on the team? And why is it Jada? Very good point. Um, I think if it were a dunk contest. Trey Mann would probably be a sleeper. I know he's not a big in-game dunker like J-Dub is, but I think you'd get some fancy dunks from Trey Mann. Uh, honestly, Isaiah Joe might as well. Kind of the small guy. and I mean, they're not small, but small in comparison to the rest of the team. Uh, trying to think who else. I think that's probably a good one. I, I mean, J-Dub obviously is, has springs, which is a really fun. Let's see... Uh, Meek Leak asked, Taylor, how are you feeling about adding Chet to the score? A fantastic question. And I, I'm glad that Meek Leak actually brought this up on this postgame because it's very easy on some of these close losses or, you know, games where the Thunder struggle down low or whatever it may be to like, well, what would this team look like when Chet's here? Tonight, with no SGA, no Poku, no JRE, you know, you're just very excited about the production of the rest of the team. And so I'm glad Meekly brings us up here because it's fun to think about this as well. Like, imagine Chet with this lineup, the versatility. I mean, the biggest thing we keep talking about is the defensive versatility, the, uh, you know, just additional rim protection, uh, another defender who can only protect the rim, but can also hopefully switch out onto smaller defenders on the perimeter, even if they aren't like quick, you know, if you can't guard quick guards, whatever it may be, he's still going, going to be more versatile on that end of the floor. And just the offensive versatility in regards to the pick and pop, the pick and roll, the uh, vertical floor spacing compared to, in addition to the three-point floor spacing. Like there is just so much to be excited about adding Chet to this core, not to mention the self-shot creation, which we've we've seen him really kind of, you know, quote-unquote working on uh, as much as he can be getting that walking boot and cast off. So just, uh, it's, it's very exciting. You can obviously see what, St. Presley envisioned when drafting Chet, and it just continues to be a disappointment that we don't get to see him on the floor. But maybe, maybe a blessing in disguise when it comes to, you know, the Thunder's draft positioning this upcoming draft, getting another solid uh, lottery prospect in alongside Chet. Could be, I don't want to call it a blessing, but a blessing in disguise so long as Chet comes back fully healthy and doesn't have any lingering injuries um, from this this injury he's he's suffered in the offseason. Kerry says, here's to Bill Simmons talking about this game on the spot tomorrow. Hopefully, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I think a lot of national media talking about, especially at halftime, when Thunder up by so much against the Celtics, talking about Mark Daydalt. I think Daydalt is slowly becoming a, a smart NBA guy name and eventually will become a, a common household name, or common NBA fan name, which is really exciting. Meek Leek said, just do a one-hour podcast, post-game podcast. The game deserves it. Well, I'm almost there. I'm at 40 minutes. Josh Smalley, greens from Ethiopia. Josh, really appreciate you. I remember you uh, writing in earlier uh, here a couple weeks ago when we were asking where everybody's tuning in from. Super glad that I went long enough to Meek League's point for you to be able to join from Ethiopia. I apologize that it's here at the end of the podcast, but hopefully you can go back. And we appreciate all of your guys' and gals' support uh, to that point. Like I said, just a super fun and exciting game. 
super uh, fortunate to be able to break this one down. I, I probably, I mean, this feels like an overreaction, but one of the more remember rememberable games that I think that that you know, oh, hold close to me um, in my Thunder fandom. And like I said, that sounds a little maybe uh, over aggressive or dramatic, but just really wild stuff that we saw from the Thunder tonight. Historical stuff we saw from the Thunder tonight. Really, really fun one to break down. So moving forward, Thunder Magic tomorrow. Big question. Will Shea play? We'll see. They don't left that kind of open. I haven't seen anything post game, but pre game he he left that open. Said they're they're working on it. So basically, will Shea feel good enough? Uh, can they isolate him from other players? Make sure he doesn't get the, the other players don't get sick, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How will the guys look on the second night of a back to back after a historic performance? I can see them having this performance tonight and then tomorrow, kind of looking like the Celtics did tonight, coming out of the gate looking a little slow. Will they be able to? keep that intensity or the coaching staff being able to keep that intensity, especially they play this game, play as well as they did exert so much energy, get on a plane tonight. As we, as we speak, as I'm doing this post game, they're probably on a plane to Orlando. Like that's, that's a lot. How would they look tomorrow night? And then also Jonathan Isaac and uh, Suggs both potentially back. We'll see they're at least fully cleared for practice. So we'll see if either of them are able to play Friday night. We have wizards at the thunder. Thunder back home, and then Sunday, Mavs at the Thunder. Hopefully we get Shea back for that. Shea versus Luka would be an absolute blast. That's all before the big primetime matchup Tuesday night when the Thunder uh, will be on TNT. And I am going blank on who they're playing, which is terrible. Uh, the Miami Heat. So, Tuesday night, we'll, we'll have you covered for all those here at the contest. I really appreciate you all tuning in. Great, great numbers here, even as I went a little late. Um, just really Thankful for y'all tuning in for a super fun game to be able to cover for the incredible support y'all showed us during 2022. And here we go. Even though a, a not so fun game to end 2022, entering 2023 against the Sixers, a super fun game to kick off the 2023 uh, part of the season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So thank you all again. And as always, Thunder Rebels.